Welcome to New Week, New Music, reviewing the hottest tracks with the hottest takes of 2020. My name is Brandon. I'm Eric. I'm Ben. Each week, we're looking at two albums released in 2020. Tonight, we're kicking things off with Taylor Swift's Folk. And we will be concluding with Microphones in 2020 by The Microphones. And today, we also have a very special guest with us today. Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, Yeah, my name is uh, Zach. Nice to be on. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much for joining us. And I hear from Ben, you are a big Taylor Swift fan. Uh, You could say that. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, you could. Shirt today. (laughs) (laughs) I I dressed the part for. There we go. So, um, yeah. (laughs) All right. So then, I off that. I suppose I will let you uh, open us up. What did you think of Folklore? Ah, I thought it wasn't a very good album. No, I'm kidding. Um. You know, I, I really liked it. Um, the um, you know, it's it's funny um, trying to like take bias away from it. I think that if I was being pessimistic like I am normally, I would say that Taylor Swift has put out at least four or five albums in a row, of just very very generic pop. So then she produces a halfway decent like music album, and then everyone goes crazy because we think it's like this greatest like the greatest album ever made. Because it's not just overhyped, you know, pop garbage. So it's a very interesting phenomenon, I think, with her. Yeah, and I, I do agree with you. I did enjoy this album uh, a lot more than I expected it expected to, honestly. But I do feel that there's a lot of bloat on this album. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. You go ahead, Eric. Yeah. You I, I, I just feel like if I had to describe it, I would say this is a really really boring album where all the songs are good like i listened to it and i don't think there was a bad song on the album but just overall for an hour i i could have used some more variety or something to consume it as an album i would definitely much rather consume all of these songs like independently or in a couple songs in a row rather than as the whole album would be my take yeah i'm i would say i'm in a pretty similar boat i think overall i was pleased with the album and I would definitely give it a positive review. Um, but yeah, like Eric said, it's definitely relatively long. I think just over an hour. It felt like a little much time-wise, um, you know, with not a ton going on. I thought, you know, the songwriting was really solid throughout. Um, yeah, really no bad tracks on here. They were all worth listening to. But one after the other, I did think that it needed something else going on with it. Um, that being said, I think... You know, I was pretty pleased with her as a songwriter. I think she has a lot of potential. Um, Not that I've listened to a ton of her stuff in the past, but I think this could mark, you know, a pretty cool breaking out point where she might start to produce some more interesting and personal work. And I think um, there's definitely some promise for the future. We're definitely going to be hearing a lot of these songs at every white girl wedding from now until the time. (laughs) It definitely uh, uh, it reminds me a lot of older Taylor Swift, um, which I think is good. Yeah, it's before she went full, con- before she left country completely. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely more like the older stuff than the the newer ones to me. Yeah, I think that she um, she went through a phase where I mean, kind of when she's starting out as a kid, or I how old she was, she was very much just writing because she enjoyed writing music and wanted to wanted to do that and then i think she got to a uh, a certain like popularity and a certain level of fame 
where she is now writing for her label and writing to make money mm-hmm. and and to produce these hits. And I think this is one of the first albums in a while where she's kind of just writing where it, it's because she the, wants to write the music. Yeah. 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 The, this yeah. album did feel very genuine, which I was really happy to hear. Yeah, um, definitely. But it's funny you guys mentioned that she definitely did pick that pick that sound almost like the alternative where she's just relying on on piano and acoustic guitar and she did kind of ride that throughout the whole album. So yeah, uh, no, another big complaint yeah. I do have on the album is there uh, there are some tracks that are incredibly you know derivative of you know uh, other artists like Lana Del Rey was a big a big artist on here like there are a couple mm-hmm. of songs on here it's like this. This is a Lana Del Rey song, except it's being sung by Taylor Swift. Uh, yeah, and the- um, Betty was the most Bob Dylan song ever made by someone not named Bob Dylan. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't pick up any Dylan there. I'll said, have to listen actually, to it again. Betty might be yeah. my favorite song on the album. Yeah. Yeah, Betty was good. It even had that har- the same Bob Dylan harmonica. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I do I think, told, like, it's funny. Yeah, I told Ben that Be- Betty's my favorite for three reasons. It's it, I called it the trifecta, but it had the harmonica in the beginning, which is great. It had the key change at the end, which is great. And she says, fuck. So it's pretty much the whole thing <laughs> right there. There's not, there are a few Swift things worse. And he told you, you definitely uh, turned me on to that. There's a few things in the world more satisfying than hearing Taylor Swift say fuck. Oh, it's amazing. It's like, it's the, most gen- it's like the most gentle, beautiful fuck ever. Just, <laughs> she she puts so a lot nice. of like, emphasis on it. Tell me to go fuck myself. Yeah, she does, but she- it just it's so beautiful. It's, it's yeah. like, I love but, it. Uh, one uh, one thing I did want uh, to mention is uh, we we've mentioned Blink One Eighty Two a few times on this sh- uh, show, namely when we were doing uh, Jeff Rosenstock a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about like how weird it is to have you know Blink One Eighty Two still singing songs about high school when they're you know like fifty years old now. Right. And then I was thinking like with Betty, like I do really enjoy that song. But why don't I, why doesn't it feel as, you know, weird to have, you know, a 30 year old Taylor mm-hmm. Swift singing about high school? Or, well, for one, she's 30 and not, well, I don't know. I don't know I how mean, old Blink-182. But, yeah. but I think she pulls it off, though. Yeah, I think, and that's ultimately what it is at the end of the day. When Taylor Swift is uh, singing about being in high school, it's like nostalgic and charming. When, you know, hearing Blink-182 sing about in high school, it's just icky and uncomfortable. Right. Well, well, I think uh, not that, also, no, I haven't helps listened that to Betty's a good song and Blink-182 right. has put out nothing but pure garbage for the past 15 years. And not that I've listened to Blink-182 at all, really, because I haven't. But I think like I think one of the reasons um, that it, it works pretty well on the Taylor Swift album is that there's a difference between like pretending to be a high schooler and trying to relive like the glory days of the football team through music. There's a big difference between that and revisiting past memories and because that's one thing you know musicians do a ton of is they talk about their past they talk about childhood adolescence young adulthood i mean that's well not to get into the microphones already too much but that's one thing that (laughs) artists do is they you know they reflect on things and i think as long as it's done in a way that's like 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 getting meaning out of things in the past rather than just you know pandering to a to an age or trying to pretend to be something you're not to me that's the distinction well, and yeah, I, I mean, that's a time period that's that can be super important and formative and everything. And so there's nothing wrong with revisiting that. It's the like retrying to capture the angst just comes across badly. Right. But talking about it isn't necessarily a bad thing. But there, yeah, 
very much to Ben's point, there's a huge difference between talking about it and trying to relive it, which is just yeah. like she she does a good job of staying much more in the talking about it without like I am at this point in my life still kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's very interesting with this album that it, obviously her reputation is you know is that she writes breakup songs and she writes songs um, from a per- first person narrative. Where I think in this one she kind of goes, she still you know references her life and obviously her experience, her experiences shape it, but it's very much more as a third person almost narrator than as someone experiencing it. And I think that's the case with Betty, where she's you know that's part of that. I don't know if you guys saw that that she has three songs that are part of like it's supposed to explore a love triangle from all three sides. Right. Um, yeah, I, I did read about that. Yeah. What songs they were? I believe it's. Betty Cardigan in August is the best. No, it way is actually uh, according to because I did look it up because um, you mentioned that to me about the mm-hmm. about the love triangle. Um, according to Genius um, lyrics um, on the annotation, it said that, that Taylor Swift herself did actually confirm that it was those three songs of the That's, three different. I, so, I don't know whether I be happy about that. Up, or uh, kind of scared about that, but yeah. right. I did make <laughs> <the> references <laughs> to uh, <laughs> to Cardigan in Betty. I did, mm-hmm. I did miss the references to August though, so I'll have to go back. I don't know songs. if there is a reference. I think that August, I think just lyrically, is very much about kind of the, oh God, what was it? I think, although I also read that it's not like, it's it's not confirmed that it's a, a male and two females. I think there's a lot of ambiguity with, with that. But I think that, um, and I think, I think that putting Betty that is about the- James, and I think that August is about the side person. I think Cardigan is about the main girlfriend or whoever. It and, could just be country Taylor having, versus pop Taylor versus genuine Taylor. It could be, <laughs> could be that. But uh, I think having that ambiguity uh, is actually done really well because it allows anybody to uh, kind of put themselves in that position. It really helps with, you know, trying to connect with the songs and what they're saying and all that. It's like, I, I'm not a 17-year-old girl. and never have been. But, I mean, I... Uh, and I, I still feel some like you know nostalgic relation to what she was singing about in in Betty in Cardigan in Exile and some of these other songs. Even though it's like there's not really anything I went through, but it's like I you know I had these angsty you know situations when I was in high school. I I know what this is about, and so even though she wasn't talking to me, right? Our, my demographic at all i was still able to relate yeah what the well, i think were. too since you bring up the the kind of bob dylan-esque or whatever type stuff i think i think it's important to she's always done that kind of thing or at least had that kind of thing there i, I mean the first couple albums she put out were extremely narrative and kind of storytelling style of songwriting and and that kind of fell away as she got into the more kind of modern pop scene where it became just a lot more like first person a lot more surface level kind of stuff but she i think if you go she can make a lot of money yeah but i think if you go way back there is a lot of songwriting like this so it wasn't totally unexpected to hear um what was no definitely the, not unexpected like, yeah it was one of her first biggest hits like you belong with me i think yeah, is what yeah. it was that was the name of like, it yeah uh, and uh a lot of this album did remind me of that. It did remind me of going back to early Taylor Swift. And so so that, that was really nice. It, it wasn't, you know, what we had been getting recently. Um, there was, there were quite a few forgettable songs on the album, though. 
Um, so that does bring it down for me a good bit. But like the first like four or five songs, I really enjoyed. Yeah. The middle gets a little forgettable to me. Then it picks up again towards the end. And then I think Hoax is kind of a disappointing song to end on album comp wise. But I mean, for, you know, an hour and three minute pop album, there's, you know, at least, you know, six or seven songs on here I thoroughly enjoyed. And yeah, and they were in my view, like, yeah, I think every song was was at least decent. And there were a few that I actually thought were pretty darn good that I would actually go back to. I thought um, I thought seven was a really, really good track and might be her pinnacle as a songwriter. Um, I don't know if you guys happen to remember that one, but I don't that one stood out for me. Um, my favorites were The Last Great American Dynasty, Exile, and Betty. Those are my three favorites. Okay, yeah. Those were good, too. I also like Cardigan uh, quite a bit. I thought Cardigan and Seven stood out for me because instrumentally, they weren't, like, super complicated or anything, but they built a really like more immersive, like just musical atmosphere. I thought they were actually songs that like draw you in. They're not just like, you know, ear candy. They're like, they were actually a little more like in depth and, and uh, just built kind of a, an atmosphere. Yeah. They're, they're rather better. Than a surface it's, level. Yeah. Yeah. They're better songs. I was talking to Ben about this. <laughs> yeah. Um, where I you, have been accused. You talked to him about the t-shirt. album before we reviewed it. I did. I know, oh. I know. That's my fault. Oh, well, I talked to anyone who would listen about folklore, quite frankly. <laughs> but um, I mean, to be honest. But no, it's funny because I, I was—we t- were talking about Betty, and it was immediately, again, quite frankly, I will admit the reason I found it is because I was very surprised when it came out and it had the explicit E on it on Apple Music. So I immediately went to every song that had the E on it and listened to it, and then I was drawn to Betty. Um, but I play a little bit of guitar, nothing special. But I looked up the chords, and of course they were there like three days after because it's Taylor Swift. And I looked at it, it's a four-chord song, and I'm like, well, shit. Like, that <laughs> would make a lot of sense as to why I was immediately drawn to it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so I think that that those songs are very much, they're, they're not complex by any means, like you said, but they're definitely more complex. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there was more attention yeah. to the detail of the instrumentals. Yeah, in my definitely. View. And yeah. It's, going, back to, going back to what you said about um, kind of going back to old Taylor Swift is... Um, so the first single she released was Cardigan. Mm-hmm. And um, I watched the music video premiere, but I wasn't planning on it until like an hour before, but to justify myself a little bit. But she released... So There's she no was, need to justify yourself no. here. You're There's no shame. <laughs> this is a judgment-free zone when it comes no, to well, It really was interesting that she kind of she released on a, on a, on a day's notice. And um, I just saw today she's, um, she's secured her sixth week at number one on the Billboard Top 200 with the album, which I think ties the record for a female artist or something like that. It's... It's crazy, but so she releases Cardigan first, and the um, the first thing she says on Cardigan is vintage tee, which she says, which is referring to a, a t-shirt. But I think that there might be a she likes she, she loves use the double, double meaning to like yeah is that it's kind oh, of going okay. back to how she was before she was this this mass produced pop star, which I thought was interesting. That's actually, that's actually really clever. I didn't uh, I didn't think of that, but now that you've said that, it seems really obvious. But and yeah. I think it's really cool. But I think I lyrically think in general, this album was pretty solid. Not that I'm a big lyric listener, but the stuff that I did pick up on uh, it seemed like the lyrics were a lot more interesting in, from a storytelling perspective than 
you're on your phone with her girlfriend. She's upset, you know, definitely it's not even a guilty pleasure. I genuinely enjoy listening to, to you belong with me, but this album is oh. definitely a guilty lot more pleasures, better. Ben, what is it with you and spoilers today? <laughs> oh yeah, I know we are going to do an episode oh. on that. Aren't we? Like I said, it's not a guilty pleasure. I'm not guilty about it, Yeah. but yeah, I mean, I think we all were generally pretty lukewarm or, or better toward it. Right. I mean, no big yeah. I mean no big criticisms my, here yeah <laughs> my only problem with the album is like the digesting it as an album really which right. I don't know I that you can even blame a pop I mean, it, act in 2020 yeah, for that doesn't really do that anymore which yeah. I mean this is not necessarily a bad thing but it's also not really a good thing necessarily either yeah. Um, but yeah I, I enjoyed this album it's you know, it's not going up there with like the Dua Lipa or Lido no. Pimienta or Clopelga. Um, but it, it's certainly going to be, you know, a top half record by the end of the year. I, I enjoyed it. And yeah, I think probably the same I'm, for me. There's, I'm not going to come back to the entire album, but like I said, there's six or seven songs on here I'm, I'm going to be coming back to. Yeah, and Absolutely. And Betty is honestly going to be, might be on my list for favorite songs at the end of the year. I loved that song. Oh, wow. That was cool. a really good song. Yeah. yeah. That's a good song. Right. Uh, any other closing statements? No. I think that about sums it up for me. Uh, yeah. I recommend you check it out. By the time this review's out, I'm sure you you've probably already, already have yeah. if you were going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but if you were waiting on what our opinion was, we enjoyed it. So, you fool. <laughs> All right, uh, but that does take us to one of the most hyped records uh, at the moment, and that is uh, the microphones in 2020. Phil Elvram is back recording under the microphones name for like the first time in like almost 20 years. Uh, he had been performing under the name Mount Erie for a long time, and I am pretty unfamiliar with. Uh, his music as a whole. I've only heard one album of his, uh, which was, I think, 2016's A Crow Looked At Me, which might be the saddest album I've ever heard in my life. Oh, wow. I've, I've heard one song from A Crow Looked At Me, but that is my only experience with Phil Elverham. Yeah, I have no experience going into this besides just hearing that this thing is getting absolutely rave reviews everywhere. Uh, Zach, are you familiar with? Not, not at all. No, okay, no. so uh, from going off that, we might be entirely the wrong people to listen to a review of this album because this was an incredibly personal album from Phil. Yep. And because I'm just completely and wholly unfamiliar with him, with his music, I just wasn't really able to relate to this album at all. And because of that, I did not really care for this. Yeah, I think there was there was definitely a bit of a barrier, you know, um, obviously not being familiar with him. Um, I will say I did really enjoy this album. Um, I don't know if enjoy is the right word, but I definitely liked it. I don't think I liked it as much as all the hype it's getting, but I did think it was a really solid album. Um, but yeah, like you said, it because it relies so heavily on that narrative structure and that personal, you know, thematic elements. Yeah. Like I, it was tough to fully get engaged with it for me. See, see, I didn't 
I didn't find that at all. I for me, this 100% lived up to all the hype. Oh, good. I'm I, actually wow. very surprised was, by that. Yeah, I was not expecting that at all. I would expect that. From. Uh, yeah. Interesting. I'm glad you uh, liked it. It surprises Zach, me your, too, what? but I was I was all in on this one. Yeah. Cool. Wow. Zach, what was your opinion on this? Uh, I will put it mildly and say I was not the biggest fan of this. <laughs> you don't have I to. You don't have to mince words with us. Makes a really long song and calls an album is kind of an asshole. <laughs> I love that we have all, the entire spectrum here. Then <laughs> we do have the full gamut, don't we? It, That's great. It, I, again, as someone who likes Taylor Swift and pop music like that, and as someone who has undiagnosed ADHD, my attention span is not very long. So it took, <laughs> I think it was like seven and a half minutes to get to the first words of the song. It's I was seven minutes and 40 seconds. Oh, I timed it. Oh, my <laughs> wow. And it's all the same chord. Until yeah. then, it's the same. It's, it's, it's three minutes, <laughs> two or three chords. I mean, seriously. I mean, yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. There I, might have been. I, yeah. I, I, you know, and you know, Goose Fine again. I talked to Ben about this one a little bit because I was, I was yelling at him for making me listen to it. But <laughs> I, I my, my opinion have... of it, it was very much that's like you know the the stereotypical scene. Whatever. There's a scene in Blue Mountain State that that um captures it very well. But that that kind of um that douchebag on the on the mall. With his guitar, just who knows three chords, and is using them all to try to serenade women. They're passing, so it's like, come on, man. You know what? I love like, that. You guys Blue understand that picture? Oh, totally. And I love that Blue oh. Mountain State was mentioned in the same episode as <laughs> Phil Elverum. That just makes me so happy. <laughs> See, uh, yeah, like kind of going off of that. Like, yeah, it's you know forty-five minutes of pretty much just the same three guitar chords there's you know some stuff here and there there's like a couple of drones thrown in here and there and so musically there's almost nothing here i wouldn't go that far i think there is but i I, I get what you're saying i say almost not that there is nothing right there's almost nothing and so for me personally i would have to relate to what's being said here and I just can't because I don't know anything about Phil other than his wife died. And I just know that from a crow looked at me. And but that's literally the only thing about him I know. And so hearing this story of him, of like, you know, his whole life and his, you know, his time in the music career, it's like, I mean, yeah, this is interesting. But I don't really mm-hmm. relate to this and I don't really Care. So here's here's an tell me what you think about this. Here's an here's kind of a somewhat counter to what you're saying. Um, I'm in the same boat as you, where I don't know anything about this guy. But I th- like to me the lyrics. Like I don't know how deep you could get into the personal side of the lyrics because a lot of them were just like in this year this happened and in this year this happened and I was doing this and this and I don't know if you guys watched the video that went with it but he posted on YouTube the whole yeah, thing I did watch the it video. Just him, yeah, it's laying the photographs over the photographs and to me I almost felt like to some degree it was just about the like the like the fallibility of like memories and how like if you look at a picture of yourself 20 years ago like you might not even remember it that well you know it's like it's like the like one theme that I got like I don't know if he's going for this but it's like you're kind of oriented like to whatever happened in the last couple years and looking forward to the future. So like when I think about my childhood, like I don't even necessarily feel that connected to it sometimes. It's just like, I remember this happened, but like my life was so different than like, unless I think back to it, it's hard to even put myself in that 
place, well, you I know? Mean, that's definitely something he was going for, because actually one of the lyrics that I wrote down that stood out to me, because uh, there were some aspects of this album that did resonate with me, and this line in particular was one. It was, I remember my life as if it uh, were just dreams I do not trust. Mm, yeah, perfect. That's That sums it up. That's yeah. what I was trying to say and all that jumbled words. So but yeah, that's totally. definitely like <laughs> something he was going for. But I just couldn't relate. So I, I really our, liked it in the there, there were two things that, that made this that I really, really liked about the album. And I, the first is, you know, yeah, musically, there's not a whole lot happening, but it all happens at the right time. Mm, you know, it's yeah. kind of like a bb king quote or you don't need a lot of notes you just need the right note i think this album is and you know maybe to zach's point if you've got the attention span for it i think this album is expertly paced because not a whole lot happened but every time it happened was exactly when it needed to happen i agree with that actually when i I was listening you know like yeah, I would. Oh, you just get this riff for like a minute or you'd get a, a just a hit and then move on. But they all came right when they needed to, in my opinion. So, so I, I yeah. really, really appreciated that. And, and I think because I was so into the pacing of the album, that OK is the 45 minute song format for me, because I, if you broke it up into tracks, it wouldn't have worked like that. No, I, I do yeah. not think this would work as. And so the other thing that it really made me think about is I I don't know if you guys have ever heard this, but something I've always heard as like a lot of people really recommend you do this is just get like a a field recorder or something that you can record to for a while and just go like sit down with your grandparents and hit record and be just like, just tell me about yourself or something like, Mm, yeah, just just talk. Just tell me a story. Tell me. And and I I got that vibe a lot on this album of just like it's definitely like basically his autobiography. Yeah. I recorded in his room. Like it was a very intimate just like sitting. I mean, there was absolutely no um, bells and whistles on this album at all. It was very stripped down, which was great. And I agree with you. I have zero complaints at all about either the length or the one song decision or the pacing. I thought all those were really good. I'm personally, I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. Like one of my favorite albums is Animals by Pink Floyd, which makes incredible use of slow paced minimalism. And I'm actually a kind of a sucker for that kind of stuff. And so when I heard that, that single chord or two chords for five minutes, I actually really liked it because it was so simple, but it also drew me in and it was like, okay, this is an album you got to just sit down, get into and really immerse yourself in. And I thought, yeah, I thought it was, um, executed with really good timing the first time i heard this my immediate reaction was not since neutral milk hotel have i heard an album that made me think yes i understand why rate your music loves this so much (laughs) yeah sure yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's fair (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah yeah it didn't yeah it didn't wow me like it seems to be like blowing some people's minds but i definitely respect this album a lot and it's gonna go pretty high for me no you know it's funny you guys mentioned the, the autobiographical because for me it really feels like and especially um again i listen to very basic music so the rhyme patterns are very consistent in a lot of music i listen to but this didn't seem to have any of that so it very much seemed like this guy kind of just sat down and wrote what he wanted to write and then tried to put it to music as opposed to actually you know writing a song as far as considering 
lyrics and music at right. the same time. Which is not yeah, a bad no, you're, you're totally right there. I mean, it just that. Yeah, it to me this felt more like a like an art project, like a art thesis statement of someone who plays guitar more than it felt like a traditional piece of music. Like it's definitely more of a, and especially with the video, it makes sense. Like it's more of just a a uh, more like like uh, atypical or or uh, trying to think of the word for it, but. It's it's non conventional performance art. It's than like performance art. Music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's definitely a, this is definitely going to be. I would think this this should be polarizing to your tastes, and and probably the reason it's rated so highly is because the kind of people that spend a whole lot of time on rate your music are going to yeah. fall into the target <laughs> audience for this. Yes, yeah. absolutely. But I, I would think among the more general population, it, it is going to be very polarizing to your tastes. But I do think this is this was a great pick for this week because. To me, this was like the exact opposite of Taylor's album, where Taylor's album, yep. I thought every song was really good, but as an album, as a piece of art, it wasn't that great. This is like, I mean, this, I mean, can you get more cohesive in an album sense than something like this? I don't know that you can, but if you were just looking at this like it's a song, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yeah, like, I imagine, like, oh, when you were saying, Zach, that like you know, having ADHD, I imagine for people with. You know, relatively severe ADHD. This album would be like akin to a torture chamber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> especially uh, with the, especially with the photographs. Like, like here's a photograph on a photograph <laughs> on a photograph. Like, how many photographs and, like, do you the think? Photographs don't like line up. They're all different shapes. How They're much do you? How many photos do you think that guy took? Like, seriously, if you had to put a a number um, estimate on that. How many photos are in that video? I bet you somebody counted it. Like ten. It was at least seven. <laughs> <laughs> ten so per more. minute. So I mean, like probably easily like five hundred. I think it's. I think it's a lot more than that. But yeah, it, at a very minimum, yeah. Yeah, I think to like to the pacing's credit. You know, I, I talk about like. Uh, I forget what the other album was where I was saying something very similar, but it would be like. Right when I'd sit down to write, okay, something needs to happen here, it would. That was against all logic. Ah, uh, yes, it was. It, it was very similar to me in that sense where, like, right at, like, 7 and a half, 7.35, I was like, okay, I'm ready for something else to happen now. And then it does, like, within five-ish seconds of that, right? The, the whole thing, I, I enjoyed the pacing of it. Yeah. I, I, I do not think everybody will, but well, it's good I, I because was it was. It. Uh, like as as relatively simple as the instrumentals were, there were um, really good swells at certain points to emphasize uh, the lyrics. Like there were really good buildups and falling action and and rising action and all that stuff. And yeah, I mean it was like it it, it would ride a certain um, a certain sonic theme, and then and then when it needed to, it would it would change and either throw some new layer at it or build up in such a way that, yeah, for me, I also thought it was really well done. I think too, going back to like the lyrics that you mentioned earlier and quoted and stuff, I think, you know, it's, it, it is, of course, he's just kind of sitting there telling this story, but I think that like the artisticness of the lyrics or like the level of artsy in the words is just enough. Like it's, it's very much, it, it sounds a lot like he's just sitting there telling a story and then he'll do something kind of lyrically artistic every once in a while, just kind of enough to give you that, 
yeah, this is kind of art, but also to make it feel a little bit more like he's genuinely kind of feeling the story a little bit more than just like reading a script. Right. I, I, I like the tone a lot too, lyrically. I think it was a very, very dry, but just the hair of art to the point where it, it felt kind of appropriate. See, with this album, I, I feel bad because this is, for me, it's going to end up being a very strong contender for hot take of the year because I I, I, I did not put this album very high. I put I honestly put this album decently low. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like I even like I disliked this album. It's just didn't resonate with me at all. And there's nothing else really there to back it up if it doesn't resonate with you. Right. Well, also, like, like you're the biggest musical empath, and this is an album that tries to hit a nerve with the musical empaths. So if it didn't hit a nerve with you, then that's totally understandable that this wouldn't go very high. Which makes it funny, because Eric is the furthest yeah. person away from being a musical empath. And he, it I know, that's why I'm, I'm actually resonated really sur- with him. Which yeah, is cool. I, I'm really surprised by that, but I'm... Yeah, it's I, cool I was expecting it, Eric yeah. to agree with me, and I was expecting Ben to fucking love this album. Honestly, I would have made the exact same prediction going into it. But yeah, that's funny how it ended up working yeah, out. Yeah, just show it. music is a crapshoot, right? Yeah. yeah, that's what's funny I've, about it. I'm, I'm yeah. done trying to guess what experimental albums will resonate with you, Eric, because it doesn't follow any pattern at all. I, honestly, <laughs> like I, it must just be like, yeah, I've had enough coffee this morning. I'm ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> Not hangry today. I, I, it's very it hard works. to tell. I mean. Well, so I, I think one of the things that we've kind of hit on, though, is is not being super deep into like wanting to really feel the album or whatever this the, the kind of storytelling nature of it works really nice as a surface listening experience like i'm sure if i knew about this guy's life external to this i would maybe feel some empathy or or kind of it, it might resonate a little but i i think it's a very it worked for me and just like a, just listening to this guy tell a story kind of sense too like i didn't uh, feel like i had to work too hard for it almost right yeah, no, it's not like a it's not like a super steep um, barrier to entry. There's definitely one there, but I don't think it was like so off-putting that some people like. I mean, it's not like um, Neptunian maximalism, you know. It's not. Oh God, no. <laughs> it's not but, that. But I imagine if, Zach, if you if you listen to that album, I think you would have just been like, "Nah, fuck you guys, I'm not." <laughs> very, uh, very likely, yeah. <laughs> But uh, were you able to like at least get into the, his story at all, or were you, or was just the the you know I, I was a little bit to, to where it it's a different kind of understanding, and I I don't really want to use the word empathy because you know he's sad, he's upset. I've been sad, I've been upset. Like I I understand that on a very surface level, but at the same time, it's also kind of like like in at least as a way possible. Like okay, dude, we get it. You know what I mean? Like, how many different metaphors can we use for I'm sad and my life sucks before it's like, yeah, okay, my life, you know, I don't know. And that sounds very, like, really harsh, which I'm not necessarily trying to be. It's just, like, like I said, I, I can relate, but I can't empathize if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah no, no, I totally uh, get where you're coming from. Yeah, I agree. I, I get what you're saying, and I actually do agree myself. Uh, and I think that kind of goes to back to what I was saying, like, because I know absolutely nothing about him. To me, he's essentially just this kind of faceless person singing about being about his life on a that's just really difficult to relate to on a somewhat related note. This was the most 
small city Washington state sounding album I have ever heard in my life. <laughs> well, but so it's, it's interesting cause I was going to kind of similarly to that. You know what I, the other one that connected with me a lot that I think surprised everybody was Pine Grove. Oh yeah. I totally I think get that. Yeah. Had a very similar kind of lyrical style. It's, it's almost yeah. like just like slice of life music almost like, it's not like really trying to make you feel or anything. It's just kind of giving you these like vignettes of what's going on in this dude's life without it getting too deep into it or something. And I, yeah, it seems like that very specific niche of lyrical style seems to work for me. Yeah. Now that you mentioned Pine Grove, it actually makes a lot more sense. Like if you like Pine Grove, I definitely see why you would like this. There's definitely some similarities there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Musically, they, I do think they are very similar. Musically, I think this whole album was very similar to the final song off the Marigold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Eric definitely. put that as one of his favorite songs of the year. So, actually, so yeah, when you do f- put it in that context, I actually it does make a lot more sense that you like this album. But I would not have slated myself as liking either of those going into this year. So. Mm-hmm. Right. We're definitely learning something, but it's starting I mean, to come together. I mean, that's the whole point of this, yeah. <laughs> like, that's yeah. been my biggest thrill. Like, I'm getting into death metal this year. Never would have predicted that. Eric's <laughs> getting into, like, brooding 30-year-old... I mean, <laughs> then again, brooding 30-year-old white guy. Like, you know, maybe it doesn't... Maybe it makes kind of sense. Three years away from being you're one. not far, so. although you're not on the brooding side, but, but close enough. Uh, we are. That, We're close enough to that. brooding comes when you turn <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Eric, you did say this uh, stood up to the hype for you. So does that mean this is an uh, album of the year contender for you? At the moment, yeah, I think so. I've got this and extremely high right now. I'm really looking forward to our end of the year rankings. Which, if it's this, where it is, uh, this album is homies <laughs> with Royce and Tame Impala right now. Oh, is it really? God. Wow, no kidding. Okay, that's definitely a lot lower than I would. If you have. rated those anything like me, we are definitely looking at the highest discrepancy we've had all year. <laughs> this could be a contender <laughs> no, for uh, no, uh, you're forgetting about black dresses. Oh, oh right. yeah, that's right. I that's still think that's going to be the version of this. The, uh, <laughs> the standard deviation on this one is definitely going to be pretty high, I feel like. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I'll be the standard. I'm, I'm kind of kinda out of things to say, but then again, I don't have a whole lot to say about this album in general. So if you guys want to keep, no, keep I don't really have much to say other than I still recommend that everyone check it out. And sure, you might hate it like Zach. You might be ambivalent like Brandon. You might like it like me. You might love it like Eric. I mean, that's like that's probably the ultimate reason to check something out is because it's hard to say who's going to like it. So you might as well see for yourself. Yeah, yeah, I, I still would highly recommend this album, and I would recommend uh, listening to it with the video. Yeah, I think me too. Uh, the pictures add a whole lot to it, but I still am not. It's not for uh, everyone, and I don't blame. I'm not I would not blame someone for not liking album. this. Yeah, and yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to revisit it, and I feel bad that it might be a contender for hot take of the year because it's an album I do actually enjoy, or it's not an it's not an album I hate. It's just, you know, it didn't resonate with me. So, yeah, that's about it for me. Yeah, I mean, Eric, yeah, I, I, I greatly enjoyed it. I think about the same, same things. This is, I think, going to be a hit or miss one. But I, I think even if you don't end up resonating with, there's at least something kind of compelling about it. So it's worth checking out. But yeah, I mean, 
people really like this, that wouldn't surprise me. And if people really hate this, it doesn't surprise me either, because it is a very, it's a very niche kind of style of music. Hmm. Zach, any any final words from you? Uh, not not really. I don't, I don't have a whole lot else to add. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I had a blast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and thank you all very much for listening to us. Please uh, join us next week where we will be listening to Blue and Exile with uh, Miles and Tangram by Material Girls. At least I think I got the order correct. Uh, but also be on the lookout for a bonus episode we have coming out where we will be discussing two of the three most famous walls in America right now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, with uh, Pink Floyd's The Wall and the infamous parody of The Wall uh, by Doug Walker, aka the Nostalgia Critic, so that'll be that'll be very interesting. At least I hope it'll be very interesting. Well, but anyway, thank you all very much for listening, and join us next week. Have a good night.